All right. Hello, this is Leslie Kane. I am the host of the Why Not Today podcast. This is a podcast to celebrate people who have been courageous and said, why not today? I started this podcast to honor my father, Patrick Kane, who often said, why not today? I'm based in Reston, Virginia, planned community right outside of Washington, D.C., and thanks for joining us today. And I'm excited to have Tim Ward, a friend of mine, and he's also a pastor of Crossroads Church. I don't know if that's the whole name, but we'll talk about it in a minute, in Ashburn, Virginia. And before we hear about Tim, I always like to talk about connections and kind of how we got connected and where you meet people. You just never know. So I had heard of Tim from people. He was in a church in Reston. I keep hearing about this Tim Ward and Restoration Church. And I'll never forget the time we I first met you was when we both spoke at Bob Simon's Vigil. And you walked up to me and you're like, you're Olivia Little's aunt. I'm like, how the heck <laughs> did you figure that out? I was quite impressed. Um, and then we've kind of connected in lots of different ways. And I uh, am grateful for you and our friendship. And I've never actually been to your church, which one of these, officially I've been to the trunk or treat, but one of these days I'm going to come up, listen to you online, but love your message and what you share. So Tim, I'm excited to have you on today. So why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a fun fact that people might, might not know about you. Sure. You know, I always say the best introduction of myself is that I am Susan Ward's husband. My wife <laughs> is amazing and incredible. And I have three really cool kids, two in eighth grade and one in 10th grade currently. And uh, a lot of my life is really surrounded around my kids and around the church and our calling to be in the community and care for the community. Um, I've been a pastor for 15 years. Wow. Now. Uh, serving three different churches, always with a mindset of how we reach people and connect with new people. Um, a fun fact about me, uh, if I want to go back, I remember uh, it was in college and wisdom teeth time. My oh. little sister and I were both getting our wisdom teeth out and she went in and they came out after doing her x-rays and they said, she has five wisdom teeth. And I remember saying, oh, my sister, she's a freak, right? Who has five wisdom teeth? Well, then I went in for my x-rays and I had six. So uh -oh. I lost all of my wisdom at one time uh, when I was <laughs> in college, but you know, it, it's just this weird fact that people are like, how do you have it? Well, now one of my kids has gone in for x-rays and they found two extra wisdom teeth and I, I, I guess this hereditary thing, but it's, it's just kind of cool and kind of neat that that tradition of, of weirdness continues in our family. So oh, that's fun. I love that. <laughs> that's a fun thing. <laughs> there you all go. right. So let's start out with what does courage mean to Tim Ward? You know, for me, when I think about courage, I think about the, the, the calling and the response to do something that you don't want to do, but it's really important, right? Courage is doing something that, that you need to do either on behalf of somebody else, uh, for justice, to do something that's right. And, and often it's not courage if it doesn't push you a little bit. We, we have a saying at our church right now that says there's no growth in the comfort zone. Um, courage usually takes you out of your comfort zone. But for me, it's almost always about doing something that's really important. I don't actually think courage is jumping off a tall building. Um, I've, I've done right. that, right? I don't feel like that's courage because it's a moment. I think courage takes time and takes energy and takes thought. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. All those things are so important. And yeah, doing those things we don't really feel like doing. Yep. Doing them anyway. And I have found in my life, you do it and you're so grateful you did. I'm like, oh, that wasn't so hard. Exactly. I think, I think that's the deal, especially when it does something to bring value to somebody else, right? Yeah. Importance and value. I'm, I'm all about that. Yep. Yeah. 
All right. So tell me, what have you done in your life that's taken courage? Yeah, I, Leslie, you and I talked a little bit about this. I think there are several moments in my life that have been pivot moments where I've had to do courageous things. I, you know, I could spend a lot of time today talking about how many times I've wanted to leave the church. Uh, there have been moments that have been hard. The church is all you know, often known for being judgmental. And I've experienced that in my own life in the church. I've experienced a lot of goodness from the church too. So don't hear that that's right. my whole story. But there was a moment, goodness, it must've been back in 2014 where I was having one of those moments where I said, I think maybe I'm supposed to leave the church again because what I was longing for was to be part of a community where, where we could do something that brought real benefit to the community without judgment and was inclusive of all people. And I wasn't sure that I could find that in the church. And I, you know, I had some conversations with some people, one, the pastor at the church where I was serving at the time, and we have something called a district superintendent in our system, which is somebody who's sort of your boss. And they both said, have you ever thought about starting your own church and planting a church? And, and honestly, my first thought was, that's crazy. That's insane. Heck no. <laughs> right? Heck no. And actually, ironically, I started praying about it because that's what I do in my tradition, right? For courage. I'm like, God, what do you want me right. to do? How do you want me to respond? And there were two locations that we were thinking about. One was Reston, Virginia, and one was Ashburn, Virginia, ironically. Well, so that's funny. Where were you before? Uh, I was in Herndon at the okay, time. Okay, you're at yeah. Florida. So I was at Florida in Herndon. And it was this moment where we didn't know if this was going to work in Reston, right? We didn't know. I mean, my family's security was sort of on the line, right? I'm stepping out mm -hmm. into a new land where we don't have generosity that's already there. But I felt such a strong calling. I remember sitting down with the bishop at the time in our system, and he said, so tell me why you want to do this. And I said, oh, oh, let me be clear. I don't want to do this. <laughs> and I said, I feel more called to do this than anything, because Reston is this beautiful community that I think the thing that's missing is a church that's willing to go out into the community and be fully present and fully open and fully welcoming to all people. So as a result... You know, we did this thing. It was super scary. I was terrified for our first few months of doing it. Mm -hmm, but sure. as a result, we developed really incredible relationships in Reston. We had many folks who lived at Embry Rucker Shelter who came to worship at our church, which brings a new dynamic in and of itself. Going back to Embry Rucker Shelter. Yeah. Um, it's a homeless shelter in Reston. And for those right. of you listening that aren't from Reston, right. and Reston is the town, which I talk about often, where I grew up, which is a very unique community. It's so and <laughs> it's interesting talking about a church that's welcoming and going back to Embry Rucker, how that connects. Do you know about Embry Rucker's church? I did, yes, yes. Okay. But tell so Embry story. Rucker. Embry Rucker was a friend of my dad, old school Reston. Remember, he had this big old beard. He looked like Santa Claus. But at Lake Ann Plaza, where I live and grew up near, he had a church. It was called, um, oh, what was it? It was, I want to say community center, but do you remember what it was called? Um, I know, I, you know what? I know exactly what it is too, but I can't think of it. Well, think of it. So, and ironically, there was all these discussions on social media the other day about, I guess it then became a daycare. Oh, it starts with a C, I can't remember. But it was basically a coffee shop slash church that everybody was welcome. And he was just a super laid back, you know, growing up and going to a Catholic church, he was nothing like I knew a priest or pastor should look like, but he was very welcoming and inviting everybody. So I love how it comes full circle that then people from the shelter went to your church. Yeah. And, and, and so that was a dynamic of folks who came. Another dynamic was we had folks who were part of the transgender community 
that came to restoration and felt comfortable being there and being who they were. And we had folks who lived in Reston and, and were really interested in the fact that this church was meeting in an elementary school at the time, which is where it met next to a voucher choice housing community. And we had folks from that voucher choice housing community and we had folks who live on Lake Ann and business owners. So, so the courage I think was for, for me to step out and say, God, I know you're telling me to do this thing and now we gotta do it. The next big courageous moment was when I got a call from my district superintendent six years later and said, hey, there's another place that needs you. It's time for you to go. Um, and I remember being like, wait, what? <laughs> what, <laughs> what are you talking about, right? This is our community. This is where we are. And, and I would just say the, to respond to that and, and I'm now at an incredibly inclusive church in Ashburn and a beautiful community that, that longed for leadership that just told them they were a beautiful community. Right. right. And, and I think that's those are two moments. I've, I've had a lot of moments in my life in the church where I have felt rejected by the church. I've had a lot of moments where I've seen the church reject others. And I think the calling is is for us to step out, whether we're the church or not, and, and really welcome people. And I think it takes courage to step out and connect with people who, who you don't know. I, I saw something the other day that said, um, I love you. It was a big sign that somebody put out in their yard. And, and somebody had responded, how can you love me? And they said, well, people hate people for no reason at all when they don't know them. Why can't I love people that I don't know as well? And I think that takes courage to step yeah. out and do that. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go back to restoration before we get to um, Ashburn, because I love sure. what you did at restoration and all the um, inclusion you had and just the different people and how you just jumped in were so involved in the community, like I said. I'd heard about you for a while. I'm like, who is this Tim Ward guy? <laughs> and then honestly, my first thought when you spoke at Bob Simon's vigil was like, why is he speaking? He doesn't know Reston. He hasn't been here long. Um, but Reston is a very unique community. And what you brought was exactly what Reston needed and what Reston is. I actually had a conversation with somebody the other day from a small North Carolina town. And their idea of Northern Virginia is all super rich people that have everything white, yeah. white collar, just and I was like really like there's section eight housing in rest and he's like right. really like, yep. like I mean that's how I grew up and um I know when I spoke at Bob Simon's vigil talking about the courage of him starting Reston oh, and about courage yes and having a diverse community like that's what we knew and it was unique and so you were able to I think since Reston was a lot older I mean it's not really that old anyway but I think the things you did were really what Simon had a calling for yeah. Um, and you did get so involved and, you know, I saw you doing everything. And I know one of my earlier podcasts, we interviewed, um, Adrian Caldwell, who you brought to a best arrest in event. Yeah. And he was so moved by the nonprofit cornerstones that's active in Reston that, so it's the ripple effect of your courage gives us somebody else courage and mentoring him. Um, mm -hmm. so kind of cool. All the things you've been able to do and give people courage to come to church and, and worship God wherever they come from. That, that's exactly right. You know, Leslie, you, you talked about getting connected to the Reston community. The, I'll be honest, I came in, we have, we have a phrase, uh, a theological term, ex nihilo, right? Out of nothing, right? I walk into this community and to your point, I'm nobody walking into Reston, right? At, at the time- Which ironically, Herndon is like next door. Exactly, like, right, right. Five right, minutes. And, and we had, my wife and I, for our first house, we had lived in Reston. We actually lived in, we were the caretakers of the old Wheelie Mansion, which is on Rest, Old Reston Avenue. 
Okay. Uh, which used to be the prison fellowship property and all that. But anyway, so we had lived in Reston. And we I think we've Reston. talked about that. Yes, That's a cool yeah. place. It's a really cool place. But anyway, our the way I got connected was I would literally walk in and I would meet with somebody. And then I would say, tell me the next person I need to meet with. Right. And it would be, you need to meet with uh, Leslie Kane. Right. And, and Leslie Kane would tell me to go meet with Eve Thompson. And Eve Thompson would tell me to go meet with Andy Siegel. Right. And Andy Siegel would tell me to go meet with Melissa Romano. And it was that over and over and over again. And I had the gift of being in a group that uh, was a group of pastors that regularly met with Bob Simon when he was still alive. And oh, wow. he would come in and just share his vision. And, you know, he was certainly not a particularly religious person. I don't want to pretend like that and, and push that on anybody. But right. he had a passion for that community and a love for Reston and a vision that excited me to be part of that community. So the way that I got so involved was I just kept, you know, frankly, sticking my nose in everywhere and saying, you know, how can I be involved in this? And how can I be involved in this? To the point where when Bob Simon died, I got a call from, and, and I think it was Eve Thompson at the time, I'm trying to remember exactly who it was, who said, we want you to do it. And I said, why me? We've only been here like a year and a half. What is this? And they said, because you already know so many people and you're already trusted. And that wasn't a Tim Ward's great thing. That was a, the wrestling community just brought me in right. so beautifully and so well. When you are pretty great. Well, and I love how, <laughs> I think one of your superpowers is remembering people and knowing people. And just the fact, the thing with my niece, I was like, Wow. And how you connected with her and made a difference with her is that she went to your church one time after going to camp. Mm. And I think you sent her a thank you note with the Starbucks gift card. I'm like, who does that? (laughs) You know, it is, you know, you just did that extra, made the connection and were very welcome. And we were super duper sad that you left and I miss seeing you. Um, um, One of the things that I love that we would just have, have conversations, walk, going for a walk around the lake. Yeah. And, you know, that's just a great way to connect. And I think one thing you shared with me one time we were walking is that you said when you met with people, mentored people with church and stuff, going for a walk or something was always a great way to, for people to have courage to open up because you weren't staring eyeball to eyeball, but next to each other could have a conversation. Yeah, it's so true. And I, I you know, I've continued that since I moved too, because that was a value. I just loved walking around Lake Ann. I thought Lake yeah. Ann's beautiful and I loved seeing people, but I found you know, uh, I remember when I was uh, a parent of young children and they were talking about having, frankly, having the sex talk with your kids and they said, do it when you're driving and the kids in the yeah. back seat and you're up front because you're not looking eye to eye with them and right. it gives them courage to ask questions. And I think that's the same thing when folks are dealing with challenging things. If you're walking, you're beside someone and you're walking with, you're not looking down on them. You're not, you know, stir- right. it's, it's, a, it's a journey thing, which I think is super cool. Yeah, my sister and other mothers have always told me the best way to find out what's going on with your kids is drive them places. That's and exactly right. Friends in the backyard, having in the back seat, having these conversations. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah. So obviously, it took courage to move to Ashburn and to a yeah. new church, and that was an established church. Yeah. So it was like right? restoration. It was started. It was a started church, but it was started 30 years ago. So back okay. when Ashburn was like brand new. Right. I was going to say, was Ashford even there 30 years ago? I barely. I mean, it really was. The, the house that we live in in Ashburn is one of the original homes, and it's a 1992 house. So that gives you the context wow. of the time. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ashburn seems like it was just there yesterday at Cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> so how are things different in Ashburn? Ashburn, if you had to have different courage to navigate that? And yeah. obviously walking into a church that was established was a different courage for you. 
Sure. I mean, I followed the pastor who founded the church. There was somebody who was here in between us for a few months as an interim, but I really followed the, the pastor who was, who was very beloved, a great pastor here at Crossroads. So that in and of itself was a moment of courage, right? I, I'm stepping into the church just like, I mean, the person who followed me at Restoration, I was only there six years, but he had to follow the person who founded it, right? Which is hard. Right. I get that. And that's difficult. Um, and you did a great job transitioning, by the way. And you did exactly what you did. These are the people you need to meet. So I met um, Daniel, Daniel Isaiah, and yeah, yeah. Isaiah and love them. And they we were very sad seeing you leave restoration, but they've done a great job. Yeah. And I think that's that's really important. So I think, you know, I think the biggest difference that I had to figure out in, in Ashburn versus Reston, Reston has some very natural gathering places, some city centers, right? Like I like to say Lake Ann is a natural gathering place for people. That was intentional. You know that. Yep, absolutely. So yes. you have to park your car and drive in. Yep. So you have to connect and talk to people. Exactly. And, and in some ways, a, a newer, different version of that is the town center, right? Where people right. come and they connect. And, and Ashburn doesn't have that, right? We don't have, and we have one Loudon, but it's a little bit different. It doesn't feel quite the same. So, so what the, the courage was to figure out first what the heart of the people of the church were. Right. So what's the heart of the people? What do they care about? And, and when I got here, the church said we care about two really big things. We want to connect with and serve our, our, our surrounding community. Right. And the second was we really want to know one another because we can't do that work until we build community and build relationship with right. one another. So, so it was figuring out what are the what are the, the watering holes, the local watering holes of this community? And, and what I found is that it's mostly coffee shops. Right. So I okay. find myself in, in a lot of local coffee shops. That are around here. I love Blend. Have you been to yeah, Blend? Blend? I've been to Blend several <laughs> times, yeah. And SO, which is right here beside us. So, so okay. I've been to these places. And, and I think that was the big major difference. Um, you know, we had to look in Reston, where our elementary school was, we were right beside Voucher Choice Housing, right? There was deep poverty in that elementary school. People like to say in Loudoun County, there's no poverty, and that's simply not true, right? Mm -hmm. I went and poverty met with the, 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 uh, the principal of the middle school where my kids were going to go. And after five minutes, we stopped talking about my kids because I said, look, I'm your pastor. I'm the pastor of the church that's right here beside you. And I want to know what are your needs. And she just opened up and was oozing about the number of families they have in their school that were unhoused in Ashburn, Virginia, about how they have cafeteria workers and custodians who, based on their salary at the school, literally can't make ends meet and how we can be a support to them and an encouragement to them. So part of it was in Reston, some of that stuff sort of more naturally opened Which up. ironically, people don't see that. People right. think, like I remember I was doing, working, I um, was involved in Leadership Fairfax and we did a project on food insecurity. And I remember mentioning it to somebody and their first response, well, Reston doesn't have food insecurity. Oh my word, like, so oh my much. Goodness. And it's kind of like looking at Ashburn, like you would never think Reston did. And Ashburn, but it's so true and so prevalent and you just don't know it. Yeah, so it's about asking the questions. And that's, I think one of the things that takes courage is to ask people questions, right? Is to say, what, you know, uh, what do you need? How can we be the church? I, I just joined another chamber out here because, you know, it's out here and it's local. And I was meeting with the uh, CSR, uh, the lead of that team, which is the right. community social responsibility team. And I said, hey, before we get started, I just want to get this out of the way. I'm not a creepy pastor. I'm not going to try to convert mm -hmm. you to anything. Like I'm about serving the community. And she, right. you know, and she was like, oh, thank God, right? <laughs> like that we can have a normal conversation. And, and what was really important about that was 
I just wanted to ask a lot of questions. She's like, I want to hear your expertise. And I said, well, you're in this community. I want to connect with you, right? And I want to hear what you know about this community and how I can be a support and, and an encouragement to it. So I think a lot of it that's been different out here that took courage was asking questions in a different way. You know, I, I can't sit down with the founder of Ashburn. That doesn't exist, right? right? Like I could sit down with the founder of Reston. But the other difference is I came into a church when I started Reston Restoration, there wasn't a bunch of people that knew the community super, super well, right? We came in and we met people that were already there. I came into a church that lives in this community that has hundreds of right. people that are already deeply involved. So I just wanted to hear the heart and passion of the people. And I had to ask questions for that too. Um, you do an awesome job of that and make me want to be better at asking questions, getting to know people. <laughs> so um, let's talk. Okay. What encouragement would you give somebody to say why not today? You know, I think the biggest thing I would say is I don't, I don't want to live a life of regrets. No. Right? I believe in transformation and I believe transformation happens in me and I believe transformation happens in others. And if, if I'm always going, well, I'll do that tomorrow, I'm missing out on what could be something really beautiful right now and today. So I would say the biggest thing is if you don't want to live life with regrets, do it today. The right worst today. thing somebody can say is no. Exactly. And I say that often. Um, I remember that's one thing I always tell people, like, what's the worst thing you can do? And the, the first memory of that is your friends is like, do you want to have a sleepover? And they're like, well, I'm afraid to ask my parents. I'm like, why are you afraid? The worst thing can say is no. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And so talking about regret, I often mention that in this podcast a lot. That one of the books I read right when I started was Daniel Pink's book on regret. Have you read that? Uh, no. Uh. Oh. So, and then he's actually local, by the way, okay. North Virginia, and I think lived in Reston, but he has a book on regret, and he wrote it after going to his, um, I think, daughter's college graduation, and then he's like, how did I get here? I was just graduating from college, and he's like, what are the things I wish I would have done, and he started interviewing people asking about regret, and um did research and started a book. It's a great book, and it just, oh. you know, that's kind of motivated me with this, like, do the things ask the question, um, the worst, yeah, the worst thing somebody can say is no. I, yeah, I remember a time I was walking with someone through the, the end of life experience for them. Um, it was somebody I'd spent quite a bit of time with. She became a dear friend of mine. Um, she was older and I remember sitting down with her and I was holding her hand on one of the last days of her life. And I said, is there anything you wish that you'd have done in your life that you didn't do? And she said, I have absolutely no regrets. And I thought that's the way that I want to end my time on this earth. Yeah. Like, whatever it is, I want to be able to say, you know what? I don't regret anything. And the truth is, you know, I could regret the argument that I had with my kids last night, right? I could regret the way I said something, or I could work on myself to try to change and do the thing for tomorrow. And yeah. if I'm spending my life regretting yesterday, then that stops me from living into today and tomorrow. Yeah, I totally agree. And there's been lots of opportunities. I've had conversations with people recently about elder care and people getting older. And then on Friday, I went I went to a funeral of a friend of mine from high school that was 55 that had a heart attack. Oh. And then Friday evening and Saturday, went to a golf tournament with another friend to honor her son, who four years ago was yesterday, actually, was killed by... Um, he was 22 years old and working as a lineman and killed as by a drunk driver. Mm. 
And both those things and often things like, you know what, I just want to live my life. Like I'm sad, but it's made me more convicted to say, okay, I'm going to enjoy the heck out of today and enjoy the life and do the things and just know God's going to take care of it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when I do celebration of life services, funerals, I always remind people, this is actually not for the person who's, who's died. This is for us to try to no. take the traits of those people, try to make ourselves better today, commit to a life of serving others, caring for others, loving others, right? So that we don't have any regrets. Right. You know that song, um, Three Little Birds? Yes. So I went to a funeral years ago of a young 20-something-year-old that was killed in a car accident. And as we left the funeral, they played that song. And it's always stuck with me. And that is actually, I think, I haven't done it yet, but I think that's going to be the theme song for this podcast. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it just almost brings tears. It's like, you know, it's just... Well, I appreciate all that you said, and I've taken notes, and I'm probably going to have to go back and read the transcript of this one, but I always go back to the connection to my dad, and you obviously never met my dad, because I think right. I passed away before you got into wrestling, but so many things you said. So first, you're starting a church in a school. I don't know if you realize this, but St. Thomas of Beckett, the church that I grew up in, started at Lake Ann Elementary School, mm-hmm. and then Isaac Newton Square, and my dad was a part, although you know, not a pastor, but a part of the community. And it was Reston community. There was actually an organization of starting the Catholic church in Reston because we used to go to Herndon, but they were instrumental in starting that. So that's a connection to my dad. Um, All your connections in community and getting to know people and asking questions, I think is so much like my father. I actually have a couple friends of mine that said they had more conversations with my father than they ever did their own father. Mm which is sad, but my dad would ask hard questions and he wasn't afraid to ask you those questions and to get to know you. And I think you're a master at that also. Mm. Um, so yeah, you're a younger version of me and my dad. Well, <laughs> I hear about him all the, I feel like I know him because I hear about him all the time and connections and I'm just so grateful for his influence, not just on Rustin, but frankly on the world. Yeah, and I think he has done a lot to change and connect and hopefully I will pass on that legacy. So how, uh, do doing it, get, Leslie. <laughs> how do people get in touch with you, Tim? Where, where can they find you? And I will so, share this in the share show notes too. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm currently the pastor at Crossroads UMC in Ashburn, which is a beautiful, amazing community of unlimited welcome, where it doesn't matter what your story is, what your history is, what your background is. We'd love to meet you and connect with you. Uh, you can you know reach me, go to our website, crossroadsnova.org. You'll see me there. My email address is on there too. And I, I would love to take you for a cup of coffee and hear okay. your story and connect Sounds with you. Good. Well, thank you again for sharing with us about what courage means to you. Um, you can find the Why Not Today podcast on Spotify, iTunes. I think we're on Google, all those places. Um, we are working on the website. We do have fun Why Not Today gear. We have t-shirts and cups and vinyls to share the message to say why not today. So thanks again for listening. Thanks, Tim, for being here. And we will be here again in two weeks. Awesome. Thanks, Tim. Thank you.